Our God and his word is the same. And actually, that's what I want to look at today. I want to look at that as we um, just study God's word together. We're going to look at 2 Kings chapter 1. And I'm going to read through all of it. There's, there's quite a bit there, but I'm going to read through all of it just so that we can see what happens in the passage together. Because we're going to carry on looking through the life of Elijah and seeing what God has done through this man. So let's read 2 Kings chapter 1 together. After Ahab's death, Moab rebelled against Israel. Now, Isaiah had fallen through the lattice of his upper room in Samaria and injured himself. So he sent messengers saying to them, go and consult with Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron to see if I will recover from this injury. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, go up and meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and ask them, is it because there is no God in Israel that you are going off to consult Baalzebub, the god of Ekron? Therefore, this is what the Lord says, you will not leave the bed you are lying on, you will certainly die. So Elijah went. When the messengers returned to the king, he asked them, Why have you come back? A man came to meet us, they replied, and he said to us, Go back to the king who sent you and tell him, This is what the Lord says. Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are sending messengers to consult Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Therefore, you will not leave the bed you are lying on, you will certainly die. The king asked them, What kind of man was this who came to meet you and told you this? They replied, He had a garment of hair and had a leather belt around his waist. The king said, That was Elijah the Tishbite. Then he said to Elijah, and then he sent to Elijah a captain with his fifty with his company of fifty men. The captain went up to Elijah, who was sitting at the top of the hill and said, Man of God, the king says, come down. Elijah answered the captain, If I am a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and consume you and your fifty men. And then fire fell from heaven and consumed the captain and his fifty men. At this the king sent to Elijah another captain with his fifty men. The captain said to him, Man of God, this is what the king says, come down at once. If I'm a man of God, Elijah replied, may fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. Then the fire of God fell from heaven and consumed him and his 50 men. So the king sent the third captain with his 50 men. And this third captain went up to Elijah and fell on his knees before Elijah. Man of God, he begged, please have respect for my life and the lives of these 50 men, your servants. See, fire has fallen from heaven and consumed the first two captains and all of their men. But now, we have re uh, but now have respect for my life. And the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, Go down with him. Do not be afraid of him. So Elijah got up and went down with him to the king. He told the king, This is what the Lord says. Is it because there is no God in Israel? for you to consult, that you have sent messengers to consult Baal-zebub, the god of Ekron. Because you have done this, you will never leave the bed you are lying on. You will certainly die. 
So he died according to the word of the Lord that Elijah had spoken. See, this is such an interesting passage, isn't it? It's so interesting to see the whole story work its way through. And now, I don't want to really look at the story directly itself because we're looking at Elijah and looking at the life of Elijah and what he did. And you see, we have an amazing story here of a king that didn't learn lessons from the mistakes of the past. He hasn't learned from what had happened before. He didn't actually consult his history, either ancient or recent history. You see, Ahab, Ahab, his story should have been influenced. And then he actually wanted to, um, he wanted to be influenced by God, but he picked the wrong God. He picked Beelzebub and he sent that. He forgot and he didn't realize that God is a jealous God. Our God is a jealous God. You see, the same God that we worship today is the same one that in Exodus 34 verse 13 says, do not worship any other God for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. Did you know that one of the names of God is Jealous? Did you know that? Did you know that about our God? See, don't forget that if you're placing anything or anyone in higher value than God, then you're arousing God to jealousy. You and I, if you place anything above him of more importance, whether friends, family, whether football, whether cars, whether whatever it is, whatever money, whatever you want to put in that gap, if you think that that's any more important than God, if you're allowing that to influence your life above what God says, you're being unfaithful to God. You're raising God to jealousy. You're causing him, in essence, you're rising his anger. But we have a God that's slow to anger. See, if you give what God is rightfully due, then God won't be aroused to jealousy. Do we do this in our lives? Do you really honor God the way you should? See, this king hadn't learned his lesson from the recent history. See, we're supposed to learn from the past. We're supposed to learn from what had happened. This king hadn't. He should have learned from King Ahab's mistakes, the way King Ahab kept putting things of more prevalence than God. You know, in other words, he, he put his own thing and then brought a drought in the whole country because he, wouldn't, he refused to actually stop worshipping Baal. And it's the same as us. Have we learned from the mistakes in our own recent history and in the historic history throughout the church? See, both as individuals and a church, we need to do this. We need to learn from those around us. And we can't sit here thinking that what we, either as individuals or as a church, has done has always been perfect and always been right. We cannot say that. We can never say that. We can never think that. See, we are humans. We are fallen creatures. We all fall. We all fail. We all make mistakes. But we don't let that, the mistakes define the rest of our lives. See, if we look at the history of the global church, there's story after story of splits and divisions and scandals and sins. If you look at any move of God, usually around the time it comes to an end, it's because sin has entered into the middle of that revival or the middle of that move of God. See, it is to be expected. We are fallen creatures. We are people that are broken. 
So it's not a surprise when sin enters. It's not a surprise when things happen. So we shouldn't be full of ourselves to think it'll never happen to me. Because as soon as you start thinking, I could never do that, 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 that's pride. And pride comes before a fall. I'm sure we've all heard that saying before, haven't we? Pride comes before a fall. There's a brilliant saying that I've heard once, and it's always stuck with me, that if you find the perfect church, don't join it because you'll ruin it. <laughs> and I think we can all testify to that. You see, we're broken people, and that's the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church is for broken people, and that's why we come to broken church, because we are broken, and we come to the healer that can heal us. We come to the one that can bind us. We come to the one that can restore us. We come to the one that restores our soul, the one who builds us up, the one who says, follow me, the one who says, I accept you in your brokenness. I don't condemn you because of it. And then he puts the pieces of our life back together like um, shattered tiles into a beautiful mosaic and says, look to the world, look what I can do through somebody who's broken who comes to me. That's why we come to church. We don't come to church because we've got it all together. We come to church because we know we're not all together, but we come to the one who can put us back together. That's the beauty of what church is meant to be. It's not a sanctuary for saints. It's a hospital for the broken you see, we're meant to be like the vine. We're meant to be the branches of the vine that as we stay connected to God, God gives us and feeds us what we need. We are like the sheep who hear his voice and respond to it. And then we allow, we're allowed to go in and out and find pasture and healthiness in what God provides for us. We come to the one who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We aren't fooling ourselves thinking we can just do whatever we want whenever we want to. We don't indulge ourselves in every single fantasy that could possibly pop into our mind. Because the problem is when we start indulging these fantasies, these lusts, these ideas, these desires, then it rouses God to jealousy because we're putting something of more importance in Him. See, I'm not saying I've got it all together as a preacher. I'm not saying I've, I've been through it. We're all broken. Nobody is above being broken. Nobody is above being hurt, but we come to God in that hurt place. And see, this is what the king forgot. You see, in his brokenness, he was lying there. He had just fell, and he had just really seriously hurt himself. He was lying injured in a bed. He was worried about what this might mean. He was worried about trying to figure out some meaning in his life and trying to figure out some understanding as to how to cope with what's happened to him. But the problem is he didn't look to God and the thing is, you're going to go through a lot of situations in life where sometimes you don't go to God straight away. Whereas that, what I want to encourage you is in every situation that you ever face, turn straight to God and ask Him. No matter how small or how big, whatever the situation, turn to God. So what did God do? God gave Elijah another tough message to share. Because this, this is what we were meant to look at this morning. This is the build up to it. The king got disorientated. He got drawn away from God, and he started consulting false gods. He started consulting non-gods, and he turned from his God. So God spoke to Elijah, and God gave Elijah his words. He told him to pronounce a death sentence. He said that this man would never rise. The king hadn't come to the life giver so his life would be stripped from him. And that's a very hard message to share. 
And sometimes God inspires us to share challenging messages. Sometimes God gives us something. And instead we run away from it like Jonah. We run away from the word of God because we don't like sometimes what we hear. You see, we need to take the step of faith and always share the message of God just like Elijah. And that's what Elijah did. Elijah shared it. So the king didn't like it. The king hated the message. So the king went, I'm going to go and get this man who's pronounced this message over me. And he tried to make the prophet of God do what he wanted. See, God had said his word and all Elijah was was the messenger. And the thing is, we've got a message to share. And as we go and share this message, there's a lot of people that won't like the message of Jesus. I was sharing that last week, wasn't I? And a lot of people might not like the message that we've got to share as we go and share it because either they don't believe it, they don't understand it, they're disillusioned by it, um, or maybe they just never really want to turn to God. And that's the society we can live in today. See, I want to assure you that as you honor the Word of God that's been given to you and that's been spoken over your life, God will guide you and protect you. Nothing can come against us. What is it that says that if God is for us, then who can be against us? That's the promise of God, that if God's for you, and if you're living your life honoring God and sharing the message of God with your life, that if God is for you, nothing can come against you. See, in Acts, they tried to form this situation with Stephen. Stephen was a man who served God, he, a man who honored God, a man who spoke God's word and blessing, who prophesied over people who um, done signs and wonders and actually showed people the glory of God. People didn't like it. So what did they do? They made up lies and they actually put him in court and lies. And actually as people, the people in the court looked at him and they heard the evidence against him and then they looked at Stephen they said, we don't get this because he looks like an angel. He's got the face of an angel. And the thing is, that will happen to you as you honor God with your life and as you go and live your life and as you declare God's glory with your life, people will look at you and they'll be confused, they'll be scared, they won't understand and they'll make up lies against you. They'll make up things to suit their own whims. And God followed Elijah. Or not God followed Elijah. God, uh, Elijah followed God, sorry, and Elijah followed God's message. He shared it. And the king didn't like it, so the king sent soldiers to get Elijah and said, go and seize him, go and get him and bring him here before me so he can justify what he said. And Elijah said, you can't touch me. And God sent his fire down to protect him. The next 51 that went up the hill, the same thing happened. You see, this is what God promises He's the same and his word's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And whatever words you share, whatever promises of God you share is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, God's word will never change. So I want to encourage you, share the word of God with your life. See, God protected Elijah, and it's only whenever the, uh, the captain sorry, and his 50 men come up, got on their knees before him, pleaded for their lives and said, please don't destroy us. We just want to bring you to the king. But we are not commanding you. We are not seizing you. We are not telling you. Whenever that captain realized who was in charge, God allowed them then to go because he knew that 
that he knew that the captain and his men knew who was in charge of the situation. God was in charge. And what did Elijah do? Elijah was faithful with the message given. The message didn't change from the start to the end. And the same as our message, as we trust in the finished Word of God, as we trust in the Bible, as we trust in what has been said, it doesn't change. We trust in the finished work of Jesus. We, we trust in the cross and the finished power of the cross. So whether things happen the way we planned or not, you know what? We honor God. You know what? The very words that God has placed on our lips, his written words and his prophetic words, as we pray with people, as we pray for healing, as we pray, for, as we pray the word of God on people, as we pray God's voice over people and into their lives, as we take the message that God's given us to share and we go and share it, we go and we know that our message hasn't changed. Obviously, throughout the years, the way that the message has been shared has been changed. So we share stuff in different ways now than we did 50 years ago. Styles have changed, but the core message of repentance found in Jesus Christ alone has never changed. That's the beauty of what has happened. So I just want to encourage you, just as these few thoughts come to an end, that are you being like Elijah and being faithful to the Word of God and being faithful to sharing the Word of God as he speaks it to you? Are you being faithful with the message? And then not only that, are you being solid in it? Because the word of God never changes. So I want to encourage you, I want to encourage David and Jane as they go, go with the word of God firmly emblazoned on your lips and in your hearts. Go and allow God to use you in ways that you can't even begin to dream or imagine. Because we know that whenever you meet um, uh, people up there, You've got a fresh, clean slate, and you're going to be able to bless them with what God has given you because you've blessed our fellowship for so many years with what God's given you. So I want to encourage you, go and bless all of Yorkshire with who you are. And for us in Gornal, as we go, share the word of God. Share the words that God's emblazoned in your hearts and your lips Share your testimony. Share your story with people. Show what God can do with somebody that's broken. Don't become like this king who goes and consults other gods, but go, come to God, broken as you are, and actually see God restoring your soul like a mosaic being built on a floor, even though you feel like a bunch of smashed-up, broken tiles. But God can make you into something beautiful. I want to just encourage you with those simple words. You know what? God is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Let me pray for us all. God, we thank you that we come to you. We come to you and we just bless your name. We come to you and we are just overwhelmed by your presence with us and in us. And as you speak through us, God, we just want to honor you. God, we want to honor the journey that we've all been on. We want to honor the fact that you meet us in those moments as we're faithful to the message of Jesus, as we're faithful that even if things come against us, we do not need to fear anything. As people make up lies about us because we are honoring you, God, may nothing stick. 
May we just be able to honor you. God, I just want to pray right now, if anybody's suffering from any illness, I just pray that you will just touch that illness right now and heal them in Jesus' name. If anybody's struggling with cancer, God, may that cancer just shrivel up and die in the name of Jesus. May they be cancer-free. God, if anybody's suffering with their eyes, I just pray for healing on their eyes right now in Jesus' name. Restore it to the way you created it to be. God, we just pray right now for anybody who doesn't yet know you. God, I pray that they will have ears to hear your message this morning. If you don't yet know God, just give your life to him right now in a simple act of just asking God for forgiveness, acknowledging you've done wrong, and turning your life around to follow him. May God bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, we just pray.